All right, Kevin, thank you for joining me on the first episode of Wealth Wisdom with Winjet. I'm hoping this podcast can turn, can turn into something good for everybody to where you can just add value for people, uh, for their finances, and really just general life outlooks to help them, I guess, make some changes. But I thought it'd be good to have you on as the first guest with your background and your career. I'm not always going to have everybody that's in finance to come on in this show, but I think it's just touching that you, I mean, you're a mentor to me. I've received so much from you and I have ultimate amount of respect for you as well. So uh, could you give us a little bit, a bit of well, background behind on you? Well, thanks for, uh, first of all, let me say thanks for having me on and being your first guest and uh, for the kind uh, intro, but uh, I've been in the business for uh, 38 years and started uh, my uh, financial advising career back in 1982 and uh, uh, I've been uh, working with individuals and uh, some corporate clients, retirement plans. I've been doing financial planning um, for yeah, 38 years. So I've been doing this a long time. I've seen a lot of different market cycles. Um, we're in another crazy time and uh, um, but it's not like we haven't seen this before. So hopefully a podcast like this, we can have the opportunity to talk about, you know, the way things have been in the past and yet uh, how those might apply to what we're doing today. So thanks again for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I like how you already touched notice on we're seeing so much, I guess, difficulty in today's society with everything that's going on. But I, you always say this and I always appreciate it. There's going to be another side. We're going to get to the other side of this and we're going to come back to a normal life. And uh, I think that's just touching for people to hear today. I have to just know that they're not alone in this. And uh, day by day, you just got to take it and win every single day and make the most of it. Right. I mean, that is true. That has been true with every market, uh, uh, I'll say market crash that I, that I have seen, whether it was 1987, whether it was the tech bubble in 2000, whether it was 9-11. Um, and certainly the 0809 crisis, you know, we did talk about, and I have talked about, you know, that there's always going to be another side. And, you know, the thing is, is that um, no matter what's going on in the markets, what's going on in our culture, um, and we can look at this time that we're in right now and say, you know, we've never seen anything like this. And that's probably true. You know, history, you try to look at history, you try to look at past events to see if, if in fact, uh, this, this is going to, uh, to be similar to something else we have seen. And I can say that I've looked at history and I can't find any kind of precedent today for what we're going through. But having said that, I mean, the reality is that human behavior doesn't change. Fear and greed haven't gone away. Um, and when you look at that, this is a kind of market, maybe there's a little more fear in it, but we've always had fear. And what we do know is every time we've had periods of time of a tremendous change, and I suspect we're, we're looking at it right now with a pandemic, that's always been filled with opportunity. And I see no, different, you know, no difference this time than what I saw in 1982 when I started in uh, the business as we were coming out of a very deep recession then um, to some of the other, the market crash of 87, uh, 08, 09. We always saw great opportunities coming out of that kind of turmoil. 
And so when you look at what's going on today, and I think we all would agree we are seeing some turmoil, but we're going to get to the other side. And I will say that we will see a tremendous amount of opportunities. Yeah. So I don't look at this as necessarily a negative. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it probably doesn't matter. Uh, and I know that this is blasphemy for whichever team you, you uh, are rooting for, but <laughs> it probably doesn't matter. Uh, what happens on November 3rd, you know, the U.S. economy is going to continue to move forward and there will be new opportunities that develop and it's really being in the right place, being prepared uh, to take advantage of that. And I think that's one of the things that I know you work at with clients is putting that plan together so that when opportunities present themselves, you're prepared to help your clients move forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing we've been saying too is it's the same game. We're still playing the exact same game we always have. The players are just different. Correct. And I mean, if you just kind of have that outlook, it. that's the biggest thing you, I guess you can bring into this election coming up, the pandemic that we're going through, because there's so many different things people are starting to worry about. But truly, the game's the same. We just got different players. Well, and as, as the old Wall, you know, Wall Street adage is, a, a bull market climbs a wall of worry. And... Mm -hmm. You know, it may be a formidable wall, but it's still a wall of worry that we have to climb. And it's like say we we are playing the same game. Well, I guess human human behavior is not going to change. The markets are not going to change that much. The valuation of companies is not going to change that much. I mean, we're still talking about great U.S. companies buying them at good prices and uh, looking at them for the long run. So I don't think that changes. Spot on. But I want to jump into it. Real quick, so this is kind of the finance side of the podcast I want to go into and give people a different outlook, I guess, within it is, so we're all raised differently. We all, I guess, see money differently as we're growing up. And I guess I just want to turn it to you and ask, what was the outlook around finances when you were growing up and around your family? And how did that well, affect you to treat money today? I mean, it's, uh, you know, my uh, humble beginning was that we just didn't have it. So, mm -hmm. so it was easy to, to think about money early on because the, I didn't uh, you know, really have that much to think about. And it really wasn't until I got to college, um, started to uh, uh, be around other business majors, for example, started to, to uh, learn more about the economy, started to learn more about investing, and uh, actually started right out of college as a teacher and I was teaching economics. And so for four years, I taught government and economics, which led uh, uh, to going into the financial you know, advising business back in 1982. So I had four years of kind of learning a little bit about money. Um, I know that I think back about it, I enjoyed it. Um, I like to read. Um, you know, articles, books about investing. I, I just had an interest in it. And, uh, and then in 1982, I had the opportunity to get into the business where I could start helping other people uh, learn about, about that. But from my early years, uh, not, not having much, I know that, uh, um, you know, it's important to not lose money and it's important to, uh, to have a plan of, of what you want to do with it. Yeah. And I want, I guess, put this in a good side note is like this show, I don't want people to think it's all about being extremely greedy with money. I want it truly to just 
be a show that shows that, yeah, money can be the root of all evil, as you see, like, in the Bible, but that comes from loving money and you're obsessed with money. Whereas this, not many people grow up with it, talk about it, and have a good, solid relationship with it because, uh, truthfully, the, the world runs on money. But it comes down to just having a good relationship with money to really make the right and proper decisions. So, I mean, that's well, it's why... having a healthy appreciation for money and what, what money can do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, it's interesting. I think that that's, you know, when I graduated from high school, uh, we had just been through oil embargoes, uh, deep recession, um, all of those types of things. And I think that at during those times, uh, you learn to appreciate uh, the value of money and what inflation can do, for example. And, you know, at, at this point, we haven't seen inflation in 20 years. But uh, when you go back to the late 70s, early 80s, um, we saw inflation get to double-digit numbers. And, you know, you learn to appreciate what money is, what it can be, what kind of risk is inherent in that money. And in today's world, you know, we've, we've seen risk uh, in a number of different ways. Obviously, volatility in the stock market, but if you're a saver, if you're retired trying to live on interest, we now live in a world of zero interest rates, and, and you have to be able to, to appreciate that kind of risk, just as back in 1970, 1980s, we had to appreciate the risk of inflation. So money's always kind of, uh, I'll say, moving a little bit, but um, you have to have a healthy uh, appreciation for what it is and what it can do. Yeah, spot on. And I guess that kind of goes into my next point with you is when it comes to happiness, how does money play into that for you? <laughs> well, you know, I'd be lying to say that money doesn't doesn't help. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think if it's if that's the only thing you're really focused on, and then you're you're going to be, uh, you know, a little more on the greedy side. And you know, I think from the from the perspective of, uh, you know, what money can do, I like to, to look at from a philanthropic standpoint of, you know, a good plan. Having your investments be able to do well also allows you to give back, whether that's through your church or whether that's through your community or whether it's leaving a legacy, helping grandchildren go to college. I mean, all of those things go along with it. And I think that, uh, um, <laughs> so... With, with happiness, I, I think, comes from having um, a plan that works out, you know, being able to plan that, you know, I'd like to be able to give X amount to this organization or this amount to church. Um, and, yeah, it does. It, it brings some satisfaction with that. Maybe that's the better word than happiness. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, just hearing that and knowing that, because so many people think of when they hear just the word money, uh, it could be uncomfortable for some people or they just think of that huge mansion on top of the hill, that new car that they've been dreaming about. But truly, uh, when, when I talk to most people, they find the most happiness within money and their finances when it comes to giving back, uh, just right. the possibilities and the opportunities that it can create. And that's why I really wanted to focus on this podcast to just kind of shed light onto that, uh, show individual stories, your story, and of course, your career with it as well to show uh, what tricks tips or life hacks you would bring around it so 
that's the next question too is what what would you say for an individual listening right now what tricks tips or life hacks uh do you really apply to your finances and you think other people might apply to theirs as well well it's a great question and um you know a couple of things come to mind and the first one is just just plan planning you know whether it's planning for retirement whether it's planning for your monthly budget i mean if you have a plan um you have a better chance i mean all the statistics all the studies show that that if you have a plan specifically a written plan uh, you have a much better chance of being successful with the goal you're trying to to obtain so that's that's where it all starts i think the second thing that comes to mind is just having patience i think a lot of people um you know go into long-term investing and they end up having short-term you know emotions and rather than keeping their eye on their plan keeping their eye on how investments are going to behave over a longer period of time uh emotions take over and when we talk about fear and greed i mean often fear is what uh, really kind of comes into the average person when markets get volatile and so having the patience uh having a plan uh, those are two things that if you want to be a successful investor you just need to have mm-hmm. i love that i mean that that speaks testament to just creating the right habits uh, whatever you do yes. and especially yep. if it's something that's right for you uh, you just got to create those habitual processes in your life and having the plan is one of the best ways like you said the research shows it uh, that you need that in your life to really get it solidified in there as well to continue on that process that's right yep and so this is a humbling show as well (laughs) i always like asking and i like people to be honest on this as well is we all make mistakes in our life but we all learn from them i mean failing forward is a great phrase that i always like to use so i mean within your career out of some mistakes that you've made uh what did you learn from them and what could you i guess uh, share with the audience I mean, I, I, I think good investors uh, have, a, have a healthy way of uh, um, embracing some you know, self-awareness of you know, when you get too entrenched in an idea. And I think behavioral economics kind of speaks to that, that you can sometimes get fixated on an idea and get, you know, just get tied to it. And you know, sometimes we can lose perspective. So I think... What, what you always have to do is from those mistakes is kind of look back and say, okay, so where did I go wrong? Uh, did I have bad research? Did I, did I just become too bullheaded and, uh, you know, just kind of got locked into a position that uh, uh, I should have just sold for a loss? Um, I think that's probably, you know, a few kind of bigger mistakes that I think I've made investment-wise, you know, Obviously, during 2000, with every tech stock that went up, um, you know, buying some some tech names that uh, were at valuations that really were crazy, but you kind of just kept chasing them, and it was kind of like a musical chair thing. And I learned that, you know, at that point, you have to understand the momentum of a market, you have to understand the momentum of the stock, and then you have to look at its long-term value over time to make a good decision on whether or not this is something that you want to be buying. You know, I learned that lesson. And then, you know, 
probably in the last 10, 10 years I know of, like I can think of one position that I held that, you know, really things changed and uh, I just wasn't willing to see it. And uh, as a result, held on to something a little bit too long and lost out on opportunity, uh, ended up kind of breaking even on something. But, um, you know, you just can't get locked in. You have to change with the information that's available to you. And I always say that we, you know, we make decisions based on the best information available to you today, but we have to have an understanding that that information changes over time and you just simply can't get locked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so fitting just because we all, we're so prideful in ourselves and yes. the situation yeah. that we don't want to admit that we're wrong when we truly are. And sometimes the best growth you'll see in your life is when you look in the mirror and say, I was completely wrong in that situation. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's being self-aware enough to mm -hmm. say I could be wrong. Yes. And and I do think that uh, what I have learned over 38 years is that I try to always look at every position and, and, and say that, you know, mm -hmm. I could be wrong. So even though I think I have a I have a good, compelling case for why I may want to be in this investment, I still always look at it and say, you know, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's the so devil's advocate. Look for me. information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that said, what would you? I mean, you've been in the business long enough now. You've seen people fail. You've seen people absolutely thrive. With uh, regardless if it's in financial planning or not, what would you say is one of the biggest traits or biggest things you've seen uh, similar when it comes to finding success? I mean, success in general. I mean, I mean, again, I. I think it's uh, uh, having somewhat of a plan. I mean, having mm -hmm. some idea of what you would like to achieve um, and then work hard towards that. Um, I think it's also about being a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. I think whether it's in you know, financial matters, you know, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in whatever, if you're an engineer, it's always about being willing to learn and and grow and like you say failing forward you know throughout life we're all going to have you know uh setbacks and you know we have to learn from that and be able to grow from that and i think that's when it when it comes to people who uh i've looked at that they've succeeded oftentimes it's come through hard work and it's, and it's come through you know continuing to learn and continuing to grow from the experiences that that they've had and, and I would say that's true for my life as well. Yeah. The learning side of it is so crucial. I'm so glad you said something about it because I, so many people, once they get towards a point of success, they just stop. They stop what they were doing to get there. And I, I've always said this, the day you stop learning is the day you stop becoming better. Uh, because right. when you stop taking... I agree. Yeah. The day, the day you stop taking in new things or new ways to improve your process or your lifestyle is when you stop better serving your customer or your service and that's when things start falling apart so just being humble on the basis of knowing this is where I am but I'm going to continue to reevaluate myself looking in the mirror again and just growing in so many different ways so I'm you know and you look at the current pandemic we're we're in how how work has changed and all having to kind of adjust to that change and we've all been able to learn from that change. And I think this podcast is a good example of, of learning and trying new things. And 
as I've said before, we're only limited by our own imaginations. And so even during times of, of turmoil, I mean, we still can imagine what we would like to see. And uh, hopefully with a podcast like this, you can imagine having great conversations, uh, having great stories to share, and hopefully help people in the long run. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because if you asked me if I thought I was going to do a podcast, I really don't know if I would answer. Like, yes, <laughs> I, I totally see myself being here in the next year. But uh, it's just about making that shift. And we got to think, too, with COVID. Hopefully it yep. makes us focus and realign to stuff that we truly are passionate about, that we truly want to do. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the word guarantee, which you know I don't always <laughs> use. But I'll guarantee you in five years, you'll be looking at things a little bit differently because things will have changed again. Mm-hmm. You know, new information, new technologies. I mean, we're still on the beginning, you know, of, of cloud computing. I mean, there is so many things that will be developed, um, that will be invented, um, that uh, five years from now, ten years from now, you're, you will be changing. Mm-hmm. And so I can guarantee you that, that you will have to be adjusting to what's going on at the time. I love it. I love it. So finishing up, last question uh, for anybody that might be listening to this. Uh, what is one of the books that you are really passionate about or you think would really help people, I guess, flourish in many different ways? What, I mean, what books would you recommend? What books would I recommend? Um, other than the Bible. Okay. <laughs> there, okay, you we're, we're, there you go. Okay. The good book. <laughs> the good book. Uh, a second book that, um, boy, uh, I, I think the book that had been most impactful to me uh i read back in 1982 is by george gilder uh, and the name of the book was wealth and poverty and it really was a book about supply side economics which back in 1982 is when ronald reagan was elected and when we really saw a shift from keynesian economics um to more of the supply side and um there was one thing in there that has always stuck with me in that how do you overcome poverty and i think that that's something that is still very very true today uh in 2020 and that is the best way to avoid poverty is to have a community that embraces hard work family and faith and those are the three components that go into um, improving uh, poverty strengthening communities, ultimately then strengthening your economy. So I, I guess I would say that, that Wealth and Poverty was, was uh, you know, one of those great books that uh, has stuck with me for all these years. That's awesome. Great answer. Great answer. Well, we made it through. That was the first episode. I apologize if it was a little rough for you or anybody listening, but <laughs> we got through it. We got through it. We got through it. We got through it. <laughs> okay. Enjoy it. I, just, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. I just want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with you over this past year, and uh, super excited for the future. And I can't again, I can't thank you enough for your expertise and joining me today, uh, Kevin Clark. Everybody, if you want to look him up, go on LinkedIn. He's got a great profile. He always checks mine and makes sure his mind's on track. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thank you very much for your All time. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. And now for the disclosures. 
The information contained in this podcast does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. The opinions expressed here are those of the speaker and not necessarily Raymond James. Opinions are as of this day and are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that these statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. This material is being provided for information purposes only. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. Investing involves risk and you may incur a profit or a loss regardless of strategy selected. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation.